Welcome to the Shannon Plan. This is episode 58. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by Akash, who is hiding from us right now. Akash, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hiding away. I'm bunkered away, but I'm doing well. The 49ers are 2-0. Couldn't be more excited. And they've got some big games coming up. And, you know, that's what you and I live for. Yeah, 2-0 against teams that we thought that they should win against. And they did handle business. Uh, Lions won. Didn't end. It didn't go as smoothly as we wanted to. The Philly, I feel like, I don't think enough of enough of the 49ers fan base gave them enough credit just because, like, they're really good up front. They have a good offensive line, a good defensive line. And when you have that, it's just going to be tough to pull away from those teams. So kudos to the 49ers for pulling out two wins on the road. But now is when the season starts. I feel like now is when we get real. Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, It these next three weeks are going to be a ton of fun. But obviously we have to talk about the Packers because that's what's first. Sunday night football, home opener, Levi Stadium. You have to imagine the crowd is 94 red throwbacks. Man. Hey, there it is. Um, I imagine the crowd is just going to be crazy. Crowd's going to be wild. First time in Levi Stadium since the last time they played the Packers, which did not go well for Green Bay. They got their teeth kicked in. Hopefully it's something similar to that. So let's talk about um, everything. Let's start out with one thing that we learned that we didn't know about the 49ers before this season. So we, we lobbed this out on Niners Nation's Twitter handle. And we got some really good answers, just some really good responses about things we didn't know. And one that I feel like was a really good one is just how we kind of underrated Debo Samuel coming into the game because, or coming into the season. All offseason, all we talked about was, hey, he's like a glorified running back. You know, he can't do this down the field. I personally said, I don't know that he could catch because um, just his drop, not so much his drop rate, but he uh, he just didn't look comfortable catching the ball. And now, two weeks into the season, Debo Samuel is leading the NFL in receiving yards, which is nuts to say out loud um, based on how we all talked about him uh, coming into the season. But he's been great. Uh, we, I do think we did undervalue him. Diamador Lenore is an obvious answer that you know he just looks like uh, – as close to a CB1 as it gets, especially for a guy taking on the third day of the draft, he's been really good. Obviously, he gave up the long play against the Eagles. But, I mean, that's one play. They didn't score. And if we're only focusing on one play, that's not how football works. He was targeted like nine other times. Gave up, I think, 23 yards in those targets. So, Lenore's been lights out. But, Mr. Lenore, <laughs> these next three games, you are going to have a bullseye on your back. Uh, Devonta Adams, New Hopkins, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Locker, Tyler Lockett. It's he's going to earn his money. Let's just say that. But it it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see him grow, to see him as a player. Well, what's one thing that stood out to you, or that you feel like you didn't know before the season that's happened? Couple things. So let's start with Debo Samuel. He's probably been listening to our podcast for motivation because <laughs> <laughs> you said he couldn't catch. I said he was the most overrated player on offense. And clearly he's come out with a vengeance. And I just think we forgot how good Debo Samuel was after his sophomore slump. He went through some injuries last season and it's it felt like he never got off on the right foot. And now two games in, he's been the 49ers best offensive player, I think, by a wide margin. You know, 282 receiving yards, leads the NFL, been fantastic. I think he had the huge play that on Sunday that sparked the 49ers, that catch and run from Jimmy Garoppolo, which was a great throw, by the way. And so He's been a pleasant surprise. We all assumed that Brandon Ayuk was going to be wide receiver one on this team. Debo Samuel was just going to be kind of his one B, yet it's been, you know, the other way around. 
so far this season. Some other things. I think we've underrated how good this offensive line was going to be. Real uh, quick, yet to before, get- before we move on to there, I want I want to stay on Debo for a second here and just ask how much of his success, and I hate to be the curmudgeon, but that's just how I am, uh, how much of that is due to um, Brandon Ayuk being in a quote-unquote doghouse, Brandon Ayuk not getting targets, George Kittle essentially being a glorified offensive lineman, which is a good thing because he is really freaking good at what he does. Um, they haven't really needed – the you know different type of targets so far. So how much of Debo's success is him being just being a better player, or is it just him being the only option in the passing game? Would you say? I think it's a little bit of both. He also looks, you know, more athletically in tune this season, where he just didn't look 100% in shape last year. So I'm sure that contributes to it being available, you know, through training camp, through preseason, and now in the regular season probably helps his just usage in the offense. And then the second thing, um, just the ways that they're able to use him, right? They're able to get him the ball multiple ways, whether it's tosses, sweeps as a running back or as a route runner uh, in the pass game. So given that versatility, I think he's become the number one option, especially as Ayuk has, is in kind of the doghouse, working back from injury, whatever his situation is. Um, that's just sort of elevated Debo Samuel status. And if you were able to pick him up in fantasy late, you know, the late rounds because a lot of people underrated him, you're, you know, you're thrilled right now because he's, you know, leading the league in uh, receiving yards. So fantastic for Debo Samuel. Hopefully he can keep this up uh, the rest of the season. Um, Just thrilled to see him have success after the year he went through last year with injuries and all that stuff. Seemed like he was in the slumps. And so good to see him just back and being successful, but just sticking on offense, just some other things we learned. I think the offensive line, I feel like we underrated. We knew they were going to be good. You know, after they re-signed Trent Williams, they added Alex Mack. Mike McGlinchey added all this weight. But I think they've yet to give up a sack. I think the only sack that's been given up was, I think, attributed to one of the running backs, if I'm not mistaken. And they've just been stout up front. And part of that's been the play calling, right? They've tried to run the crap out of the ball. Especially this past week, they ran a ton of screens, yeah. you know, quicker throws, et cetera. But still, I think um, they were, they've been better this year so far through two weeks compared to last season, which has allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to, I think, be a little bit more comfortable in the offense, which is all you can ask for. So I think that's an improvement. And then defensively, I, f- I feel like people have forgotten how good Eric Armstead is and was, um, massively underrated his ability They constantly point out his contract, constantly compare him to DeForest Buckner because, you know, the 49ers <laughs> chose to keep Armstead. And yet I think he's been fantastic through two weeks. Um, even though he doesn't necessarily have the sack numbers or whatever to back it up. If you just watch, he does so much uh, like dirty work that allows the other guys to eat. So also credit to him. Yeah, Armstead's bowling over, dudes. He's running through offensive linemen. He had – I think he did that three times where he put an Eagles offensive lineman on their backs on Sunday. Uh, he was really good, man. Uh, on Bosa's sack, like he's probably the reason that's guard in the center. Yeah, he's yeah. he's taking up two players and walking them back into the quarterback's lap. Even on the ninety-one yard pass, he ran through a guy and the the offensive lineman hit the quarterback. So uh, you saw it a couple. He's getting he's getting credit for a ton of pressures, and yeah, yeah he doesn't have the sacks, but Armstead has just been lights out. The offensive line, they have exceeded expectations. I, I don't think we knew what to expect. I, I thought that they would be better, but so far, so I think they're. They're third in the NFL in adjusted sack rate. Their passing efficiency, I believe, is like 94.3. The 49 last year, the 49ers, they allowed 27, they, they allowed pressure on 27% of their dropbacks, which is really tough to do. Which is nuts. Um, yeah. This year, 
obviously two games. Obviously, the scheme is a little bit different um, just with getting the ball out of Jimmy's hands quicker. But they're only allowing a, a pressure on 11.5% of their dropbacks, which that is how you offense right there. That is really good. And that is third best in the NFL. So if they can keep that number up where they're anywhere in the top five, I think you really have to like their chances on offense. Um, what we need to talk about is can the offense keep this efficiency up? Because the running game has not held up their end of the bargain. Um, so what do you think about that? Is, is the run game a cause for concern? And we say that after Elijah Mitchell rushed for 100 yards against the Lions, but that was not the case against the Eagles, who do have a formidable defense. And that's probably more against the Lions of what we'll see defensively or how teams will play the 49ers. Because if you watch that four-minute drive right before the half, Philly was loading the box. Philly had nine guys in the box on one play, and they ran into that nine-man box. Though in the very next play, they ran into eight-man box. I think Elijah Mitchell is near the top of the league in rushing into eight-man boxes. Uh, 36% of his carries are going into eight-man boxes, man. That's tough. And that's just how teams are going to play when you don't throw the ball down the field. So what do you think about that as far as the running games going so far? Yeah, just to talk about the offensive efficiency that you brought up there. So let's look at some advanced stats. So right now in EPA per play, total offense, uh, they were sixth uh, through two weeks. Dropback EPA, they're fourth. Uh, Dropback success rate, they're ninth. Um, so their pass offense has been more efficient till date than their rushing offense. Um, I think they're, let me pull up their uh, DVOA stats. So they're eighth in total offense, fifth in passing offense, and 16th in rushing offense, uh, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. So been more efficient passing the ball so far, which is a surprise, right? I think over the past few years with this 49ers team, we've gotten used to them running the ball down opponents' throats and struggling to pass. Yet through the first two weeks here, it's kind of been the opposite. I think they've been the most efficient um, they've been under Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a good sign. And I'm sure that's, you know, a trickle down effect of the offensive line just being blocking better, Jimmy Garoppolo being more comfortable, having healthy receivers, et cetera. But at the same time, there's some cause for concern here with the rushing offense, right? And the running back injuries play a role into that, obviously not having Raheem Mostert, not having Jeff Wilson, um, Trey Sermon, kind of um, his role being reduced. And all of a sudden you're playing the sixth round rookie in Elijah Mitchell, uh, basically as your starting running back. And as you alluded to before we hit record, he hasn't been as effective, I think, as 49ers fans think. Um, rush yards over expected is another advanced stat that um, many of us use. And in that stat, Elijah Mitchell's in the, in the negative. He runs minus 1.22 yards overexpected, meaning for meaning if he's expected to get five yards on a certain play, he's running like 3.8 yards, for instance. So Kyle Shanahan's creating open holes in that offense, and Elijah Mitchell it just isn't getting those. And, you know, for this 49ers offense to be successful, I think in, in the long haul this season, they're going to have to be efficient both running and passing the ball, so there's an area for concern. But, you know, from watching the film and things like that, what do you think – how do you think they can improve? Is this a running back issues, offensive line issues? Is how do you go about fixing this? So it is tough when the other team has eight men in the box just because they have that extra person you cannot account for. Um, but I don't think the offensive line is doing bad at all. I think they're actually blocking pretty well. I think there are plenty of rushing lanes. I think Elijah Mitchell is leaving meat on the bone here. I think there were three carries that I noted where he 
he rushed for like three, four, five yards when Raheem Mostert is rushing for 20, 25. And I don't think that we have put enough value in replacing Raheem Mostert. He is very, very good. And I think we're seeing that through two games. When you think of him, it's usually you just think of like the 80 and 90 yard gains, which make him so special. But what he does, he does a really good job of cutting back. He does a really good job of being patient before the offensive line. Whereas Elijah Mitchell, he's holding that turbo button down and running straight into the backs of the offensive line. And he's not being able to see the cutback lane. He's missing, you know, that cutback that Mostert would have saw. And that's the difference between two and three as opposed to seven, eight, nine. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I thought that that if you just watch that lone carry Trey Sermon had, he would probably look like that more often than not, I imagine. I, I think that we're going to see more Trey Sermon, assuming that he is cleared from the concussion protocol, because I feel like Mitchell, I don't, I'm not going to say the game's too big for him because he has had success. I just think that he's, I don't know, he's, there's too much tunnel vision going on with him is what I'd say, where um, he's only looking at what's in front of him and not, and missing what's around him. So, um, Again, it's early in his career, and I'm sure he's watching. He's obviously watching the film. He's obviously being coached on this. Uh, I just want to see if it improves because he has the skill set. He does run hard. He is fast, and he does run through arm tackles. Um, you just can't you know, miss the certain holes that he's missing right now. And that brings up a bigger concern, right, with the injuries. At least this past week, they had Elijah Mitchell, Jamichael Hasty. And now they've lost Jamichael Hasty to a high ankle sprain. So I don't know if he's going to be out for – that long and as a result uh they've gone ahead and signed uh Jacques Patrick off the Bengals practice squad who is a different type of running back right 6'2 230 I think the 49ers are prioritizing size and durability with this signing um Trey Sermon in the concussion protocol maybe he's back this week but yeah they're gonna they're gonna need one of these guys to step up and be better than they have uh, if they're going to have more success on the ground. Otherwise, that means more on Jimmy Garoppolo's plate. And we've seen how that goes generally in against better defenses. <laughs> and Kyle's smiling over video, so he knows. <laughs> he knows how that goes. So the, the other option would be from the practice guard, Carrion Johnson, who probably has a chance to get called up as well. But again, like he's been hurt. He's been banged up. He's not the same player that he was coming out of Auburn, even earlier in his career. But at the same time, I just wish people would understand how like how good this offensive line has been and just how much they've had to overcome with the number of defenders in the box. So not too worried about the the offense just yet or the running game just yet, especially, you know, I thought that the 49ers did a really good job of scrapping their initial game plan on Sunday and turning to quick passes, letting Jimmy get the ball out of his hands quick because they do have a bunch of Jimmys and Joes on the outside, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittle, where they're going to win their one-on-one. So when you can do that, you can just roll the ball out and kind of play the way they did. The question is, will they be able to keep that up? So let's flip the script and go to the other side of the ball. It seems like Emmanuel Mosley is going to be back. Kyle Shanahan said he was hopeful that that was the case. The 49ers released D-Virgin from the practice squad, by the way, great name, uh, on Tuesday. And when you do that, you would imagine that one of the cornerbacks are going to be healthy to play. So um, Mosley, Lenore, Norman, who actually played much better than I thought. I know he had the two pass interferences, but um, he was really good in coverage. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, You would rather that than, you know, just being passive. And so, getting burned. Um, they might need all the cornerbacks against the Packers. So D'Amico Ryans has a challenge ahead of him. He's been very good early on. And I think he's playing my Jimmys and Joes are better than yours, especially when it comes to passing downs. They're just blitzing 
playing man coverage behind, trusting that they're going to get there, trusting that they have better players than the other team. And, and so far, so good. It's worked. We will see now that we are in the season um, of good teams. So what do you think we're going to see from D'Amico Ryans? How big is it getting Emmanuel Mosley back? What do you say? I was going to say, so just back to the past, Josh Berman, Lenore, et cetera. They were fantastic. I mean, you and I were both wrong. We thought Devontae Smith was going to eat this past Sunday. He only had two catches for 16 yards. Jalen Hurts, I think, lost that prop. Yeah, hopefully he didn't lose lose out too much cash. But um, <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts, I think he had 199 yards passing total, and 91 of those came on one play. I think they only completed four passes in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, so they, could, they were barely moving the ball. In the second half, I thought D'Amico Ryans and just that defensive unit as a whole was fantastic. It, it really reminded me um, a little bit of the Pittsburgh game from last season where offensively just nothing was working, yet the defense kind of kept them in it for long enough where the offense could strike with a couple drives and win that game uh, late. So it reminded me of one of those 2019 early season games where the offense was still kind of finding its flow. Um, but the defense kind of did its job. And and unfortunately, their advanced metrics haven't reflected as well. Um, their DVOA, it looks like, it seems like they've regressed. They're, they're 13th in total defense. They're 11th in pass defense. And they're 16th in rush defense. And I, I, I imagine a large amount of that is attributed to the Lions' fourth quarter comeback there. But it's going to be tough, I think, for them to keep up the 2019-2020 level of play, just given – the turnover and defensive coordinator as well as, you know, change in talent and injuries and things like that. So it'll be on the offense, I think, to pick up that slack, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you have the fourth quarter from the Lions where they gained all those yards and they made the comeback. And then you also have the final drive where Jalen Hurts is waltzing down the field. And, you know, so those two, three, four drives are going to overshadow, you know, what the 49ers have done in the grand scheme of things. But I think they've been really Played really well. You, you mentioned the secondary. We have to talk about the safeties because those two dudes are ballers. Jimmy Ward, cross guitar. If you have not seen Jimmy Ward's Instagram, he is hilarious and he loves to talk crap. Um, what they did on Sunday. So they were in some huge bad game. situations. They were in situations where you're downfield against a wide receiver, against Devonta Smith, against a freaking former Heisman who was dra- drafted, you know, in the top 10. And they didn't panic. They both made plays on the ball down the field. That's not easy. Tart ran down Quez Watkins on that play. If he would have given up, uh, Watkins probably scores on that play. So really good effort there from Tart. But even in the running game, I don't feel like well, they're not going to get the credit that they should. But on that same possession, Tart is banging, you know, beating a, a lineman, crossing his face, and he's making a play in the backfield. Jimmy Ward sniffs out the play, sniffs out the, the fake. And there's nowhere to go with the football. So those two, they're just heady players, man. And when you don't give up big plays, obviously I just talked about the 91-yarder, but when you consistently don't (laughs) give up big plays from your safeties, uh, it's very tough to sustain drives when you have the type of defensive line that the 49ers do. So with that in mind, that's why this matchup is going to be fun. That's why I do like, you know, what the 49ers, how they match up against Green Bay. But, again, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, our producer, Rob, he had a good point before the before we started here. Which Aaron Rodgers are we going to see? Like, which one are we going to see on Sunday night? Is it going to be the guy who, with the first six quarters of the year, is like, wait, what's what's going on? Like, what's happening here? Or is it going to be the last two where he's just like bombs away, throwing dimes, putting the ball where you you just have no shot? It it's 
frustrating not even being a fan of like the Lions like what do you do against that man the ball's in a perfect spot where the DB's right there and it just drops in perfectly so um I yeah I'm fascinated to see how Aaron Rodgers plays against this version of the 49ers because you know Bosa's back they're gonna have Kinlaw who by the way played 72 percent of the snaps which is amazing like if they can get that type of production if he's gonna be on the field that much there's gonna be no running game for the backers because you are not moving that guy um I don't know, man. I, 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 this game can go in a lot of different directions. I think the 49ers are going to win just because I think they're the better team. But I do want to see, you know, how the Packers' offense looks against the defense. What, what do you think we're going to see from Old Rodgers? The 2019 version of Aaron Rodgers that struggles against the pass rush. I think we saw that in Week One against the Saints, where I think there were plays that he's used to making, but couldn't see a rusher was pressured often and I think they still don't have David Bakhtiari their left tackle so Nick Bosa right over the backup left tackle that's going to be a brutal matchup then you've got D Ford Samson Ebukam Javon Kinlaw Eric Armstead you just name all these guys I saw Mel Hurst with a tweet saying he'd be back soon I, not gonna be back this week obviously but he'll eventually be back and this defensive line is so deep and we've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle when he doesn't have time to slice and dice the defense you know, especially kind of in his older days here. So I imagine that's going to be more of the case. Um, and then if you flip the, you know, flip the side of the ball, Packers defense just seems horrific. They're um, terrible. <laughs> through eight quarters. Uh, they switched defensive coordinators this offseason, right? They fired, um, what's his name, the old Cleveland Browns head coach, Patton. They hired Joe Barry, who I think was a former uh, Rams linebackers coach. And they've just been horrible this season to start. I mean, Jameis Winston was slicing and dicing them week one. Jared Goff looked fantastic in that first half. And for a moment there, you thought that Goff and the Lions were going to pull off the upset in Green Bay on Monday Night Football. And I just imagine there's too much momentum building up for the 49ers that I got to imagine that Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo will uh, feast on this defense. So Joe Barry spent the last four years with Brandon Staley, who also spent most of his career under Vic Fangio. You would think the Packers hiring him, have just, he has some sort of clue of what he's doing. But if you watch them, uh, it looks like a lot of the same old, same old, where they just, they're outgapped. They're not where they need to be in coverage. And I feel like Shanahan's pre-snap motion is just going to get them all out of whack. And the 49ers are going to be able to have some big plays. The so Steven Ruiz from USA Today or from the Ringer now he does this meme where he puts somebody under the microscope with Kyle Shanahan. You could put the entire Packers defense under the microscope this uh, this week because there are a lot of matchups to like. And if Mr. Mitchell runs where he's supposed to, I feel like he's going to have a really big game. Uh, I w- I do want to know what do you think the passing attack is going to look like because we have seen teams load the box and we have seen you know them shrink the field essentially so jimmy's only attempted two throws over 20 yards which when we're talking about the struggles of the running game that has to matter like the safeties they're not respecting so they're going to come down and now you have more defenders in the in the box to stop the run so do you think kyle opens it up a little bit do you think we see trey lance more this week because they they're not going to have any idea how to stop any sort of read you know qb designed runs but at the same time, you know, you'll be able to spin some of those off and take a play action shot. I feel like if there is a week 
to play Trey Lance. And obviously it's a national televised game and maybe Kyle's going to want to get him in the game. But I feel like this would be a good opportunity to take advantage of having that extra guy that they can't account for and knowing that, you know, the Packers just aren't very good on defense. So what do you think about that? Part of it, and I heard this somewhere a couple days ago, was that, you know, Eagles defensive front just being so good and so stout. Why would you want to put Trey Lance in some of these running read option type situations against that front? And the Green Bay Packers front just being what it is, easier to run on. You would think that this is the natural week for Trey Lance to get in and for Kyle Shanahan to utilize some of these plays. Then you throw in the factor that Sunday night football, prime time, all eyes on the game. Kyle Shanahan is going to want to feature the guy that he took number three overall in certain packages in the red zone you know, in short yardage situations, et cetera. So I do think Trey Lance is going to be utilized more. And I think they're going to get a lot of yards on those plays for the reasons you mentioned, you know, they just, they won't, I don't think they'll be ready for it. Uh, Haven't played a mobile quarterback yet this season, right? Between Jameis Winston and Jared Goff. I get they had a little bit of Taysom Hill, but still. So I think that's just going to throw the Packers defense for a loop. So I imagine lots of Trey Lance. Um, And I think just like you mentioned, lots of chunk plays, um, the I think it's going to be very similar to that 2019 regular season game on Sunday night football where 49ers pass rush got after Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do much. The running game, they hit some explosive plays uh, through the air. That was the game where they had George Kittle on the corner post for like a huge touchdown. I think they're going to go after Kevin King, who's been picked on routinely this season and last season. And And I think they're just going to have their way. (laughs) <laughs> uh, UW guy so I, I've been following him for a while and I don't remember him being this bad in coverage during college but whew, he's been uh, he's been picked on quite a bit so I just imagine that the 49ers on both sides of the ball are going to have their way and I think they're just a better team and it's going to show on Sunday Packers are 26 in passing DVOA and 25th in rushing DVOA on defense Ooh. Kyle Shannon has to be licking his chops here right like he has to you would imagine based on everything we've seen in the first two games, like this, this feels like a coming out party, but who is that going to be against? So we talked about the lack of usage from George Kittle. Uh, same for Brandon Ayuk. Is this the week where Ayuk all of a sudden gets seven targets where Kittle is all of a sudden a feature? Because it seems like every time they play the Packers, there's one big play from Kittle. And I don't know why that would change this week, but I don't, yeah, I, I wish I knew, you know, what the game plan was, who they were going to target. But again, at the same time, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Keep going to Debo because nobody can catch him, apparently, uh, whenever he gets the ball. There's a lot to like just matchup-wise in this game, and I don't know how you come away thinking, you know, the Packers match up well with the 49ers. What do you think it will take for the Packers to win? I, I believe the 49ers are four-point favorites. Obviously, they have Aaron Rodgers. They have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. They have good players, but they are without David Bakhtiari. They are without Zadarius Smith, who are two of their best players on the trenches on both sides of the line. So it'll it'll be interesting. For the Packers to win, I think it's going to have it's going to take a magical game from Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and that would be the one area of slight concern, right? You get – you know, Lenore in one-on-one situations. You get Josh Norman in one-on-one situations. Maybe Mosley isn't 100% returning from this injury. And even then, Mosley's had a tough matchup against Devontae Adams last season, right? So it's not like he's going to shut him down or anything like that. And uh, Robert Tunyon, that matchup against Fred Warner should be fun to watch. Um, But I think the Packers passing offense would just have to overwhelm the 49ers defense, maybe take a couple turnovers probably from Jimmy Garoppolo, 
and the 49ers offense. Something something out of the blue would have to happen, I'd imagine. Uh, maybe a special team score. Um, but if the 49ers are able to play their game, clock management, you know, uh, possession, you know, time killing drives, uh, being efficient on third down in the red zone, et cetera, I can't see a way that they don't win. It's going to be tough for the Packers to stop the 49ers. And because of that, that's going to put more pressure and more stress on the Packers' offense to keep up with them. So essentially every defensive metric for the Packers is just awful. They're 26 in EPA per play. They're 30th in success rate. Even their drop-back defense, their drop-back EPA, 28th. Uh, You just keep going down the line. 31st in drop-back success rate. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, man. But every sometimes when you look at these numbers, they don't match up to what you're seeing on the field. But when we if you just watch Monday night, even like Jared Goff was having success moving the ball down the field, he just kept Jared Goffing, and that's the only reason why uh, the Lions really didn't score. So I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Obviously, you know turnovers could be a problem. That has been a thing for the 49ers, just not overall this year, but just in the grand scheme of things. So um, I don't know, man. I I really like the 40. I always like the 49ers against NFC North teams just because they seem to own that division. But I'm not sure that. Uh, Green Bay would be as for let me say this I think last week was more of a problem than this week and I felt like that was the case before last week and I still feel like the case that's the case after we've seen both teams play so the Eagles are tough up front and I mean the Packers aren't I I I don't know I don't want to call them soft but uh, the way that when you get the ball yeah hey when you get the ball when Debo Samuel has the ball when George Kittle has the ball like these guys are looking for physicality. I don't get that same type of sense when I watch the Packers, whether it's tackling, whether it's running the ball. And that's why um, I, I would feel pretty confident in the 49ers this week. Um, what do you think? You had a score prediction? I was just going to add back to what you were saying about um, the Packers 49ers matchup as just a whole. This is also the 49ers home opener, like you mentioned. First time with full stadium of fans since the 2019 NFC Championship game. A rival in the Green Bay Packers, Sunday night football, 94 red throwbacks. I think the place is going to be rocking. Fans are going to be just out of their minds. And I think that energy is going to, you know, just help the team. And I think they're going to come out uh, more aggressive than they have these past few weeks. And I think that's just, I think they're just going to put their foot on the Packers next. I think it's going to be like 31 17. It's going to be, going to be a blowout, I think. I think the 49ers are going to score a ton of points. I am. I mean, the Rodgers is going to have success just because he is Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be a blowout where it's 31 30, uh, 31-3 like it was the first week for the Saints and the Packers. But um, I just don't see how the Packers slow them down. And when that happens, you saw what happens when the 49ers got up in the second half last year. Like their defense just completely changes. Everybody pins their ears back. So when you can go onto the field with Bosa, Armstead, Ebukam, and then now hopefully Kinlaw, uh, it's tough, man. And and we have to give credit to DJ Jones, who was a baller last week. He was very, very good. Um, again, he's not going to have the same type of stats when you see like QB hits and box scores, but he was winning a ton. I imagine his whatever pass rush, pass rush win rate would be very high, uh, relatively speaking. Um, all, the, all the defensive line are very good. And then we have Fred Warner, who um, – Again, making tackles at the line of scrimmage, but he's best in coverage and he's not going to be fooled by some of the things that the Packers do. So essentially limit the big play, keep the ball in front of you, make the Packers sustain drives, count on your pass rush to make plays, 
And on the other side of the ball, just get out of your own way, man. Play your type of style of offense. Hopefully, uh, old Elijah Mitchell doesn't leave meat on the bone. I do want to see more Trey Sermon. I do want to see more Brandon Ayuk just because those are, you know, you would think those are your best players um, moving forward anyway. And Jimmy just takes care of the ball. Those misses did hurt. And they're not going to be able to get away with some of the misses that he had on that intermediate level of field because every team in the NFL, like that's where you want to attack them. You want to attack in that 12 or 10, 12, yard. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where they're susceptible. And Kyle Shannon knows that. And we saw the wide open receivers last week. So Jimmy will have to make throws this game. There's no doubt about that. So um, oh, do you think it's fair for us to assume that he's going to make those throws this week? Generally, he's been good in that 10 to 19 range across the middle of the field. He struggled in that same range during outside the numbers. And last week was just – he had a couple of misses. He had one to Sanu. Um, just throws that he just has to make, right? Kyle Shanahan down of open receivers. Uh, PFF has the stat. 49ers lead the NFL in targets where the wide receiver is open or wide open, so at least a yard of separation. So 61% of the time, Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing to an open receiver, and that by far leads the NFL. And so Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, they're doing their job. They're getting receivers open, receivers doing their job, running the routes, getting away from DBs. Jimmy Garoppolo has to do his job, just hit these receivers, make plays, and this, this offense would just be unstoppable. Yeah, it's not like he's, you know, being asked to make these difficult throws. Those are layup throws that, you know, you want any NFL quarterback to make. I talked about that a little bit, just breaking down his game, because there are throws in this game where he just lets it fly. He pulls the trigger. He plays without any hesitation. When Jimmy Garoppolo plays like that, the 49ers will not lose. I promise you there's it's very tough to beat this team when he's playing at that type of level when he is aggressive. So if he just stays aggressive, man, they're going to be tough to beat, not against Packers, but against the Seahawks, Cardinals and every other team they face. So I think they get getting consistency out of Jimmy and the running game will be big for them this week. Absolutely. And those, I, I just can't, I still can't get over how good those uniforms are going to look this week. I'm so hyped to see those 94 red throwbacks under the floodlights at Levi Stadium at night. I think it's just going to be a special, special look for the 49ers. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, the atmosphere is going to be electric and it would be tough for them to come out flat. Like there's no, they're not going to struggle to get up for this game. Uh, there are yep. teams that, you know, obviously it's a home opener. It's a prime time game. And there are certain teams have let down, but this will not be one of those situations. So looking forward to it, man. Uh, please rate, subscribe, review, wherever it is you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what it is you want us to talk about. Uh, follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Kyle Pose. I'm going to try to get more and more content. Just breaking down 49ers, just talking about, you know, what I see, talking through plays, not anything um, too technical. Uh, gosh, what do you got going on? On Twitter, you can find me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-B. As we were recording this on Wednesday morning, I think my article just dropped talking about Alex Mack and the offensive line. So go check that out, NinersNation.com. Go rate, subscribe, review, Niners Nation Podcast Network. And appreciate everyone for listening and go Niners.